Hey, Night Owls. Welcome to the next episode of Isn't It Past Your Bedtime. I'm Rachel. And I'm Krista. Uh, this week, we've got some romanticies for you. So fantasy and romance. I will say that mine definitely leans more towards fantasy than romance, but there's some love in there. Yeah. I mean, there definitely well, is. Yeah, it doesn't need to be like a ton of love to, to be a part of the thing. I think that because we did dark romances as minis, though, it feels light on the mm. romance portion mm-hmm. because those were very heavy on the yeah. romance. <laughs> That's so um, I would say that this is uh, more of like a, a return to normal levels of romance where like it's not like the sex kind. Um, Same. Yeah. Same with mine. Yeah. That's okay. That's a good way. Yeah. No, that's a good way to put it. I agree. Yeah. So um. I'm just going to get into it because I was like, I don't have a clever preface for my book, but <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I think that's great. Well, good. <laughs> uh, so actually, Krista got me this book, I think for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you didn't even know that it was considered a romance fantasy. It does say it's a gothic fantasy or gothic romance or something on the inside. Yeah, I went for it for the gothic aspect. That's why I got it for you. Gothic fantasy is what it, it says on the inside cover. Wow. It really meets the gothic criteria. Like okay. imagery in this book. Ooh, okay. I wanted to go buy a gothic house. <laughs> um, so I read Starling House by Alex E. Harrow. Um, it is in Reese's book club. And so you know if Reese Witherspoon liked it, it's probably pretty good. Yeah, I don't think I've one. been disappointed by a Reese's book club yet. Mm-mm. No, she has um, a picks pretty good ones. Yeah, she really does. She's got like a good variety too, which I love. Mm-hmm. Like she does a good job with that. Um so what this book is about um, is the focal point is uh, this woman named Opal. So she doesn't really know like her family origin or anything like that. They live in this small town, Eden, Kentucky, um, that's like basically dying because of like the coal production that's been going on in that town forever. Um, like the water's polluted, like. People get sick. She cares for her younger brother, Jasper, who's still in high school. I believe Opal's like 26 and then her brother's supposed to be like 16, 17. Mm -hmm. Um, Their mom died a few years prior, I think somewhere around there, um, in a car accident. So like an Opal was in that car, the car with her. People in town assume that like the mom did it on purpose. Like it's a whole thing. Small town vibes for sure. Like there's gossip, like her mom, um, like never had a consistent last name opal was born in the back of her mom's corvette (laughs) like uh her mom had like all these big dreams and talked big but like nothing ever happened they lived in a motel called the garden of eden and um so opal once her mom died she was like the only thing like she's like people who are poor have two lists the things that you need and then the things that you want and you keep the things that you need short and the things that you want if you're smart you just burn that list because Mm. You're never going to have the money. There's no point in dreaming. Like she spends all of her time and resources on trying to get her brother Jasper out of town. So because the air pollution and the water pollution and her brother has really bad asthma and they're poor, so they can't really afford, like she literally buys like inhalers on eBay for him. Oh, geez. So like, she's definitely been like thrust into this caretaker role. Um, I think actually she probably has, the mom probably died further than i thought because she had uh, it's kind of unclear but opal had to do some sketchy stuff basically to be able to keep him 
Mm. Like, and not have him put into the foster system because um, he was a minor. Yeah. Um, so, like, that does come up. So, like, she's very dedicated. She works at, like, the local tractor supply where she, like, makes very little money. She's a known thief around town. So, like, no one trusts her to go into stores, but no one really stops her. Mm-hmm. They still live in the same room 12 at the Garden of Eden, but they don't have to pay for it. Um, supposedly, the lady who owns it, Bev, like, lost a bet to their mom or something. And so mm-hmm. they have to, she just lets them live there. Really, Bev's just a nice lady. I was going to say, um, I, th- I think Bev's just nice here. She's one of those people who's, like, rough around the edges and that, like, Opal doesn't realize until later has, like, always really been there for her, you know? Yeah. Um, because, like, you're when you're a kid, you don't know any of those details, you know? Like, yeah, you they try to hide you from them, yeah. Way. So she just thinks that, like, she lost a bit. So now she's stuck with them. Um, actually, I'm not really liking Bev. uh but like opal doesn't really have like friends because she's got this like outcast kind of thing going on there's a a main family that kind of runs the town but they don't actually live in the town the ones who own the the mining um situation the gravelys so like gravely power basically owns everything um it's a very interesting like i said small town dynamic i imagine this is probably what a lot of like old mining towns are like because like at this point there's not a lot left to mine so a lot of people are unemployed in the town like there's a lot of poverty um but because opal doesn't have like a family lineage to point to like that like shows like she's been part of this town forever like everybody else who has like historical family um history there like she's very much on the outside so like the only people that she has are jasper bev and then the lady who runs the library (laughs) So this town has a house in it. This house has a lot of like superstition around it. Like people talk about it all the time. The Starling house. Um, Like the theory is that like power's never been hooked up to it, but sometimes there's a light on inside. So it's like, what's up with that? Mm -hmm. The Starlings kind of keep to themselves. Like there's rumors that like there are tigers that like roam the property. It's got this like big iron fence all the way around it. So like you can't, actually see the house from the road but uh opal is like obsessed with this house like she's been dreaming about it since she was a kid like she feels like a pull to this house um which you know just other people think she's extra weird yeah i was like that's not helping it's really not helping with the whole like being isolated (laughs) thing like whatever the case may be but no like they know right now that there is currently somebody who lives there because like the starlings will disappear that's like a thing and then like new ones will show up oh. and they'll just but people are like how is that possible because like it'll be like a chinese family shows up and they're like oh we're the starlings like so how does that work mm, okay okay i see it now. like there's yeah. no like obvious lineage that shows up for this house but there's always somebody who takes care of the house that is a starling but they don't participate in the town mm-hmm. they're very closed off um one of the things about the starling house is it like literally like big groups of starlings that are not native to this area like the birds will just like suddenly like flock to and from the house i didn't know that was kind of a bird yeah it's a bird okay. um but like, <laughs> that's so super weird right like they're not yeah starlings don't originate from here like they slowly over decades like just kind of accumulated um so opal thinks that some of her dreams from for starling house are because there's this book that her mom gave her when she was a kid called like the underland or underland by eleanor starling so a woman who built that house 
you get a lot of like lore kind of around the house. And you don't really actually find out like the full truth about like the house and everything until the end, obviously. Um, but basically she's like, so that's why I'm obsessed with it because the story of Underland is basically like this girl who continues to go down into the earth, like the mining and then finds this other world where there are beasts and stuff. And so she's just always been really drawn to it, but everyone assumes it's just like a, a child's story, right? That's what they always all think. Till it's real. Yeah, but we know it's fantasy, so you know that there's more to it, you know? Mm -hmm, yeah. Like, as the reader, <laughs> you know there's got to be something involving this house, this book, like, and then you also get, like, pieces of, like, what people in town, like, say about, like, how the Starling House was made. So basically the tldr is like the town says that like the starling house was built by eleanor after she killed her husband yeah good enough reason to build a house yeah like she married one of the gravely power guys like decades ago whatever i'm not sure exactly how long ago it doesn't matter um long time ago she killed one of the gravely power guys and then well it was their wedding day and then he went missing and then she was found like cackling and covered in mud so they assumed she killed her no, she yeah, she's a him. witch too, probably. But they couldn't prove it. Yeah, exactly. That's the kind of thing that they would do back then, right? Yeah. It's like, she's a witch. She's crazy, whatever the case may be. She took his money. She built this house on top of some of the mining property because she had rights to some of it. Mm -hmm. um, and then just like now, it's like this weird cordoned off house. Um, they know that the existing Starling is a, I was going to say boy, but he's a man. I mean, <laughs> he's an adult. But basically, this guy, uh, Arthur Starling, is the current person who lives at Starling House. They suspect, the town suspects, that he murdered his parents. Mm. Because they were killed, I don't remember how long ago, like 10 years ago maybe? Um, mm. They were killed, and then the coroner couldn't even determine like when exactly they had died. Like He could narrow it down to like roughly a month, but they were so decayed and stuff that like they assumed that he did it and then just like never like reported it until they were found by somebody else at one point or mm -hmm. he just waited a long time to report it. I can't remember exactly how it happened, but yeah. like by the time their bodies got brought in to the morgue, like they were pretty deteriorated. Um, so I assume he's a murderer. Mm -hmm. She has, uh, Opal has never actually seen him. Like she's intrigued, but uh, her walk home from the tractor supply that she works at every day she specifically like goes out of her way to walk past Starling House. Yeah, I would too. Yeah, I would too. Like she's like, I dream about this house. Like I want to know everything about this house. Mm -hmm. Um, so she walks past Starling House, like she always does, but she puts her hands on like the gate and she like slices her hand open. And when she slices her hand open, Arthur has like appears on the other side of the gate and he tells her to run. Like, like never come back here, kind of run. Like mm -hmm. he doesn't actually say never come back here, but it's like implied in the way yeah. he says it. Like, he's very intimidating about it. He's very, he, Shelly describes him as, like, tall and ugly. Oh, <laughs> like, basically. Like, she, he grows on her, but he, you don't get the, the, the vibe that he's, like, a good-looking dude. So, yeah. like, there, but she doesn't talk about herself as, like, being super good-looking either, right? Like, poverty has its toll on the way you look, especially mm -hmm. when you're nearing 30. Like, she's never had dental care. Like, she doesn't take care of herself. She literally spends no money on herself. All of her money is to get her brother out of town, which she's currently trying to squirrel away enough money to pay for his tuition to go to a boarding school. Okay. Um, so that's what her like current goal is. So she has this interaction at Starling House, but it does not keep her away. <laughs> <laughs> 
she shows back up at the house, I think, like, the next day. I don't remember what reasoning she gave for showing up, because at this point, it's forever back in the book. Um, but she shows up at the house, and she, like, the gate opens for her. Blood magic. Yeah. And then she, like, knocks at the door, and Arthur's, like, super surprised that she's there. Um, she, oh, I think she, like, says something about wanting a job or something like that. Either way, she leaves that house with a job. He's like, you can be my housekeeper because the house is literally falling apart around him. Like you can see that like the vines have crept inside, like the integrity, like the housekeeper cleaner is not going to be able to fix your foundation. Yeah, I, was, I was like, sir. I don't think she's going to be able to do a whole heck of a lot for him. Yeah. But okay. So she does get this job though. And he offers her a lot of money and he says internally. So like, you know, it, but she doesn't know it. They're like, he owes her. Oh, but, like, she wouldn't know that yet. You find out later. I'm not going to tell you. Um, but, like, basically, he owes her. And so he was like, yeah, sure, you can come work for me. Because, like, he can tell that, like, she doesn't have a lot of money. Mm -hmm. um, and, like, she has a reputation for being a thief. So. But so she starts working at Starling House as a housekeeper. She spends tons of time. Like, he doesn't know what day it is ever. He's mostly, like, <laughs> just doing his own thing, like, off in the a library or in his own room. Like, they don't interact that much. But she, like, gets that house looking good. Like, it, he hasn't touched it or dusted it in a really long time. You, as the reader, but she does not know, is that, like, the house is kind of alive. Okay. So, like, he didn't clean it as, like, a form of punishment to the house. Rude. Yeah, because, like, house. he essentially is the warden of this house. So he's charged with protecting it. Because I'm like, how much can I tell you without telling you everything? Basically, he fights beasts that do come up from Underland. So, like, that's all real. Okay. Opal obviously doesn't know this, but as a reader, you get enough of this information that, like, you get the gist of what he's doing here. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, like, it's so hard to not tell everything <laughs> when it's so complicated. Uh-huh. Um, but basically, all of these different families that have come through Starling House are also people who have dreamt of the house. And the house, like, draws them in to become the next warden of the house. Arthur's parents died as wardens of the house. His mom technically was. All of the wardens die, like, very early on. Pretty unnatural-seeming deaths, which is part of the lore around this house. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. So, because Opal is called to the house... He knows that she's supposed to be the next warden, but he wants to be the last warden of the house because he doesn't want anybody else to have to have this burden. So what he's been doing is try to go further than any of the other wardens have ever gone and go into Underland to, like, solve it at the root. Because apparently the there's a key, so he's got, like, a cellar, and there's a fourth key for the house because there's, like, three keys. It's, like, a gate key, a front door key. If you're the warden, though, you can literally just, like, touch the door and it'll open or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's why the gate letter in because it like recognizes your blood so you're right it's basically blood magic yeah um so like he doesn't have the key though he's not been able to open that last door opal gives him some information that came from the version of underland that she read eleanor had added like a like note at the beginning of it at one point right before she died like he found out from the editor he had to call like her editor it's like great nephew or something he had to track all this information yeah to find out if it was real um but like it basically said like befriend the beasts to get into underland so like 
he's been fighting this thing, but there are other ways to go about it. So like mm-hmm. all of these generations of starlings after Eleanor have been fighting, but they haven't actually paid attention to what Eleanor has actually put out there in the world to help them solve that last piece to get mm-hmm. there. So like the beasts have to lead you there. They're trying to prevent the beasts from like taking over town and attacking people. They're particularly don't like the Gravelys because they're the ones that wronged Eleanor. So mm-hmm. Eleanor built this house, built this world. They don't really know how Underland works. You'll find out later. Um, but she's like Opal's paid so much money. It's like she doesn't even care that there's like weird stuff going on here. Like she figures out <laughs> kind of that like the house starts to like shine. And, like, when she's in different rooms, like, the sun will always be perfectly coming in. Like, so that's basically what this book is about. Like I said, it's very hard to, like, tell you some stuff, but not everything. Because this book was impressive. Like, the imagery was amazing. Like, I love the way that they laid out, like, the world of the Underland. Sometimes it was a little bit confusing to figure out, like, how they were explaining, like, what was actually happening with, like, the beasts and stuff. Um mm-hmm. But I think that's just because they made such a complex reality. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't even. But obviously, like, Opal and him end up, like, being a thing. But they, like, don't want to be because he knows he's probably going to die really young. Like, Mm -hmm. so that's, like, that's, like, a whole thing. Um, They spend a lot of time on, like, her relationship with, like, her brother um there are uh outside people like who work for gravely who do approach opal and offer her a buttload of money to spy on arthur so she's in this kind of situation where it's like he's paying her but they want information about the house and because of like the questions they're asking her and the things she's experienced there she starts to kind of figure out that there's something more going on Mm than like them wanting the coal mining rights to under the house. Yeah. But also the power company is desperate. Like no one's ever been allowed in. Like no one can get in unless you're a warden. Mm-hmm. So like Arthur can literally feel if someone's at these. Oh, okay. Because the house is sentient. Like he can tell. And like you can let li- he can literally like because he's the warden, like walk through a door upstairs or whatever and then be at the front door. Like, it, the house can, like, bring him there, but it hasn't been doing any of that for him because he's let it go. Yeah, because he's been a so, like, to the house. Yeah, like, literally, when the house is mad at him because him and Opal have a fight, like, he opens the fridge and everything that he had put in there the day before is rotten. Oh, like, the house can do so many things. Like, it's house very cool. <laughs> yeah, but, like, when Eleanor built it, it wasn't actually like that. The house over the years has become more mm. sentient. So, like, it's really interesting to see the way that, like, her actual story fed into the world that they're living in now because like uh have you seen um paranorman no Mm -mm. Mm, okay well the whole gist of that is like this girl was called a witch and then she wanted to like take revenge on the town it's kind of like that okay yeah where like she is basically the the driving influence behind the beasts that that's why they attack the Gravelys and like that's why they go after the town um but she doesn't know that like things have changed and like other people don't deserve that kind of punishment and like she deserves to not have that resentment mm-hmm. so it's really interesting because like no one ever like knew that she died necessarily she just disappeared so yeah. like is she dead is she not did she make it into underland like yeah, what happened trapped under there or something right so like there's so many questions and they do a really good job of like wrapping that up and like, yeah, I don't know. I loved it. 
like five out of five. If there was more, I would read more, but also it was a standalone for sure. <laughs> like, okay. I wasn't sure. I don't think I was... there's a way for you to have a follow-up on it, honestly, yeah. other than like maybe the next guardian if there needs one, but like the way it wrapped up, I don't know that they need one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Okay. Good. I was. What a great pick. Eight. Yeah. I, I wasn't was... really sure what to expect. Yeah. Like it does not give like, I mean, it's a gorgeous cover, which is also half the reason that I picked it. I mean, yeah, you. it's beautiful. Um, but yeah, even like reading, like it has good reviews. So that's why I kind of went for it. But I was like, I don't know. Like it's not giving like what, how you explained it is not necessarily like what the blurb gives no. at all. So yeah, it wasn't what I expected at all. Like, I mean, I knew that the house was going to be a thing and I knew that she was going to be like dedicated to her younger brother. And like the they do mention the Underland book in the blurb, but it's like how that plays into like her reality now. Mm-hmm. So wild. So good. Ugh, okay. I'm, I'm going to have to read more by this author. I'm adding that one back to my list. I'm going to have to read it now. You're going to have to read it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm just going to jump right in on mine. So I, different, very different. I read Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Moss, which is like- I've heard so much about this, so I'm excited to hear. Yeah, absolutely blowing up. So this entire thing, it's like a 15, currently I think 15 book interconnected series. So the Court of Thorns and Roses itself is- currently four books in a novella um and i know there's another at least one more that's supposed to come out and then there's a throne of glass series which is one that has like the most that has like 10 or so i have no idea and then there's the crescent series which that third one just came out like at the end of january yeah that was so that's, a fresh that's, release yeah so that's kind of one of the ones where it's got brought up and then also um in the last couple of years i don't know the exact timeline on it uh she like re-released this specific series she re re little released new covers because it always used to be like younger looking girl like holding sword type thing and so it like gave like very yaw but it's not um so I think kind of the resurgence of the new covers really helped too with it getting popular yeah I heard that they like she like released a bunch of different versions too like where if you bought it at like Target there's a special chapter that you can only get there like that kind of thing one of my friends was saying that like one of her friends' husbands went and like got her all the different like weird versions of it oh my so gosh. that she could read all those chapters. I was like, it's gonna end up online, but I appreciate your dedication. Yeah, yeah, that's the new one. That's Crescent City Three that just came out. Mm. I I heard that too, and I was like, I would not. I'm not spending that much money. Like that's a money grab, mm. and I don't like it. I'll read them online. I don't like it. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, so this book, I have read all of the ones that are in this series. I haven't yet branched out to the other series, so I'm okay. gonna try very hard with how I explain just this book to stick so to I, that book <laughs> yeah so I don't accidentally give anything away that could come out in other books um, okay. but also I need to give enough of this one like I have to go probably further in telling about what happens in this book than I would otherwise like if I hadn't read any the other ones I probably would start way sooner only because I think that you need to know what else you need to know some things that are further into the book to understand why the series is so captivating I think okay so Either way, our main character, her name is Farah. Uh, she's 19 years old. When she was, I don't know, six-ish or something like that, her mom died. So she has two older sisters. She is the youngest. Um, and, like, they were, like, super wealthy in this town. Um, like, it's, and it's, like, you know, like, debutante ball type shit where they have, like, their fancy dresses and they oh. go to their parties. And you're trying to go find you a rich husband that your parents are going to pay cows for kind of thing. Like that's I get that kinda, vibe from the title. Yeah, that's the world that they're in. Um, so the mom dies when she's like pretty young. Um, her older sister Nesta 
and so it goes Nesta is the eldest Elaine is the second and then Farah Nesta and Elaine are like a year apart but I think that there's like I don't know there's probably like three or four years or something difference now between mm-hmm. them which is like big enough where like Nesta and Elaine are really really close and then Farah's yeah. not and like Nesta was the mom's favorite or least favorite well the mom kind of like got it on her the most Elaine is most like the father um a couple years ago three four years ago at this point um her father lost all of his wealth um so he's a merchant they called him the prince of merchants uh he like went he like had this whole idea and he like sent all these boats out with like all of their wealth and they got lost to sea and so they now live in a one-bedroom shack um all of their friends completely dropped them because that is this kind of society that right like you don't have money we don't care anymore um her father took the loss really hard like his whole like entire identity and personality was being like this prince of merchants or whatever um and so like the debt like they took almost everything from them um when the debt collectors came and saw that there was nothing more they like shattered his leg um and of course they didn't have money to like fix it or anything like that um and he refuses to go get a job like he could do some things but he absolutely refuses he like whittles wood and like tries to like sell his little carvings um and so basically at this point like i think pharaoh's like 14 at this point um they're gonna starve like they have no money Mm -hmm. so she goes out and she starts trying to like hunt and trap she starts with trapping like somebody shows her how to do it she like watches these like grown men discovers how to like use a bow and arrow so she is the sole provider for her family at this point it's amazing yeah and like she hates her older sisters like she i guess she doesn't hate but she like super resents them because like you know if she doesn't come home with anything they're like oh you didn't get anything today but like they're not necessarily doing anything all she really yeah. wants out of life is she wants her sisters married off and so she can stay home live with her father and paint like that's all this girl wants and so and like Nesta is doing that like Elaine is like the prettiest one out of all of them and they're like she's gonna the one who's gonna be able to go to a family maybe like kind of try to help but like it needs to be going to like a family that can also actually feed because even though like some of these families might have money they have a lot of mouths to feed so right it's they're they're in a tough spot um anyways so book kicks off it's winter like and it's like getting into winter too so like all of the animals are starting to go further and further into the forest where she can't really follow them. Like it's too far of a trek in that she'll never make it out in daylight. Um, and at this point, their food has run out. Like yesterday, like they ran out of food. So if she doesn't get anything, they're not eating tonight. Um, mm-hmm. And so she ends up tracking this deer. Um, and as she like, is like, okay, you know, she's ready to shoot it. She looks over, like everything quiets and there's a wolf there. And she's been hearing these, oh, like, no. tales from, like, these, like, hunter men um, in the town about these, like, really big wolves, like, monster wolves that have been roaming. And she was like, okay, what do I do? Um, there's also, in this world, right, so she's in her little human world, she lives right by the wall, and the wall separates her human world from Prithian, which is the fairy world, where there's fae and magic. Um, you do not mess with the fae, man. Yeah. Humans, uh, if they do ever make it through the wall and it's like an invisible wall it's not like a brick wall i was picturing oh, that a brick sucks wall. i was like too a, yeah i guess you like can feel it like when you're coming up on it so you can't like accidentally and there's not supposed to be a way it's supposed to be like solid like you're not even really supposed to make your make your way over but over the years um some like holes have gotten through but basically it's like if humans go over they don't ever come back um whether they die immediately or they're like 
kidnapped or whatever held for slaves um there was a war like hundreds of years ago can't remember how many between kind of everybody like the fae and the humans and everything like that and they came to a treaty mm-hmm. so basically all the fae had to release all of their human slaves um and then that's when the wall came um and so okay. either way so she sees this wolf it's so the only thing that can kill a fae because they're immortal is like an ash arrow or an ash ashwood basically is their kryptonite so she has mm. one ash arrow and she's not even positive that this actually kills a fae like she's I just like iron but that's what everyone in the town also thinks so like people wear like iron rings and iron bracelets trying to like keep them away they've also heard that fae cannot lie like fae have to tell the truth these are all the things that that's like the best way is like the three things other than the fact that they're immortal like that's all that they really know about fae um, they have pointy ears. They're gorgeous. Like you'll see them right away, but they're terrifying. Just because you can't lie, though, doesn't mean you can't be like creative in the way that you talk about things. Exactly. Like, yeah. Like yeah, you can you can spin a story and not lie. Yeah. Um. So she sees this like giant monster, and it's like looking at her like it, this wolf, giant wolf, like clocks her and just like stares at her, and like doesn't make a terrifying. move, doesn't do anything, and it's like almost like creepily humanly eyes kind of a thing and she's like okay this is weird so she takes the ash arrow and she shoots it doesn't even like i mean like it does but it doesn't run away it doesn't try to attack her it just stands there and it has this like the way she explains it is almost that it's like this like it's like accepted that it's gonna die it's like okay yep you're gonna kill me so because she's like a lot of the hunters um that have been talking about this and then now that her seeing it are also kind of all in agreement that this is like a fate wolf somehow like that this isn't like a just a big ass wolf. It's not like, normal, yeah. Yeah, something is definitely going on that this is somehow magic related. So she takes one more arrow, because that was her only ash arrow. Um she takes one more, shoots her through the eye, kills it. She's like, okay, great. Now I have this like deer and this wolf. Hmm. Hell am I gonna do? Uh she skins the wolf for the hide. She's like, okay, I can sell it the market later. Um, and then also like skins the deer, drags the deer back home because she's this, this wolf is giant and she's tiny, like She's 19. She's been underfed almost her entire life. Like, yeah, she does, like... She's not super strong, yeah. Yeah, like, she doesn't have, like, enough... She's literally not getting enough calories to be able to drag a wolf and a deer. She can't even drag just the wolf. So, like, she's not going to be able to take it for it for its meat. Um. Anyway, so she gets the deer home, and they're, like, talking to her. They're like, okay, well, we can eat, like, half of it, and then, you know, we'll, like, dry the other half, whatever. The next day, they go into town. She, like, finds this mercenary woman um who like is the only person who like has the, enough money to actually like give her any kind of what the pelt from the wolf is worth um but it's like but this woman like knows more about Faye, so she's like kind of learning things from her um a lot of other things happen Meh, doesn't matter the sisters argue like elaine and nesta are arguing about like what to do with the extra money because like nesta mm-hmm. says she needs shoes but like fair is like i literally have holes in my shoes like sister squabbling at this point yeah pretty much um later that night or the next day i honestly don't know the exact timeline either way uh they're at home and this giant wolf beast uh, just comes and like knocks their front door down and he's like and he can speak and he's like hey yeah uh which one of you killed my buddy and they're like <laughs> what hello you can speak first off like what yeah um, and he's like yeah which one of you did it like meh um because part of the treaty is that you can't kill either of the other in an unprovoked attack and so because this wolf never jumped and never did anything just unprovoked. stood there she killed it unprovoked 
Um, so basically, like this wolf guy, like kind of looks around, figures out, like clocks that it's sort of like super early on. Like he's he's not a dumb dumb, you know. Um, and then the dad at like the very end tries to be like, oh no, it was me. I did it. Like finally decides to like step up and maybe try to save his kid. Um, and the wolf guy's like, no, you didn't look at your dumb leg. Like you know, you did. So not. Yeah, and um, and so like what it's supposed to be is per the treaty is basically an eye for an eye. So this guy is supposed to be able to kill her, but no, yeah, and she was like, oh my gosh, what? Da 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 da, and he was like, he's like, okay, he's like, there is some like wording in it. He's like, technically, it's a life for a life. It's like, so you're gonna come back with me, and you're gonna live off the rest of your life with me. And she was like, um, I don't, know, I don't like. What can she do? It's like go live with him or die. Like. I go. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she goes. Um, there's like he like puts her on the back of this horse that's like not afraid of him. It's like a two-day walk. He basically uses like magic to make her fall asleep for part of the walk and like gets her through the wall. Um, so who this wolf guy ends up being is his name's Tamlin, and he is the high lord of the spring court. So in Prithian, it is all split out in eight courts. So the spring is, I have to look at my map now in the book. Um, the spring is the lowest one. And that's like closest to the wall. So all of Spring Court borders the wall of the human land. Um, and then, and so it's perpetually spring, like 100% all the spring. And then next we have Summer Court and Autumn Court, which are like up, they're next to each other. Like they share a little line. Um, and then we have Winter Court. And then there's like Under the Mountain, um, Dawn Court, Day Court, and then Night Court. So those are our courts. So wow. Tam- yeah, so Tamlin is High Lord of Spring Court um and basically like how that kind of like works is that like whoever was high lord it typically follows like bloodlines but apparently has been known to jump um either way so when his dad died he became high lord um he also when he switches back into his fey body he has like a masquerade mask like on his face it's attached to his face and everybody in his like court does so there's like him there's like his right hand person lucian he also has one. So Tamlin's is, um, I think it's a wolf. Lucian's is a fox. And then there's Elise, who is like, basically like a, a housemaid keeper person. Like that's who was like helping getting fair dressed and everything. And like make sure she's fed. Um, all the maids have like little bird ones on because they gossip like little birds basically. Um, and so she's like, okay, like, yeah, great. I'm here. Uh, she doesn't know how to read she never learned it because like oh makes sense she was young yeah she was young when they like stopped having money and then there's not enough time for schooling or anything like that costs money and stuff so she's completely well not completely illiterate she knows like her alphabet and like can like sound out small words um but other than that like doesn't really know how to read is like really embarrassed by this fact um but and so tamlin like is really slow to kind of like explain things to her which i was like homie Mm -hmm. Like, she's going to be with you for the rest of her mortal life. Just tell her things. Like, you can tell her things. Um, But there's also other things going on. And so, like, while she is stuck here, um, he also did, like, so at first she's like, okay, like, I got to get back to my family. Like, they're literally going to, like, die without me. Like, he's like, no, I took care of it. Like, don't worry. I took care of them. It's fine. They're not, I will not let your family die. Like, they're not going to starve. But, you know, two things that they can't lie. So she believes him. Um, 
And so, and I mean, also like he's being like, he could have killed them though. Then they wouldn't starve. Uh Like, uh yeah, you can. There's ways. Yeah, there's ways to tell some to not lie, but to also not tell the truth or the whole truth or whatever it is, right? Um, either way, and so there's also like these like monsters that have been getting onto his land. So like it's supposed to be all warded, but like more and more of these like creatures are getting into Springport. Um, and so Tamlin's been having to like kind of like run off and deal with those Ferris getting involved um there is this creature called uh surreal honestly i don't think you, that's how you even pronounce it i can't pronounce half these names um either way if you can catch one it has to tell you the truth and it knows everything like it's like it can answer basically any question so she figured out how to catch it at one point um i can't honestly even remember what she asked probably about her family or something like that that's what i'm guessing yeah basically it's like hey like in the moral of his story that like it's like stay with the high lord and you'll be safe like stay with him and you'll live it'll be fine she's like okay i i guess i have to believe that um and then yeah so she like at one point they like take her to this like pond of starlight water which just sounds amazing and fun uh she slowly starts to fall for tamlin like tamlin finally like starts like opening up um they fall for each other but like i said this whole time that this is happening there's like this like darkness kind of like causing mayhem around Perithian. like something is going on which is why mm. more and more of these creatures are making it into the spring court even though they shouldn't be able to make it in there um, right something happened like 50 years ago too so like that, that's like what had caused them to all be stuck with these like masquerade masks on their face kind of a thing oh. um and we do find out what it is that like caused it basically there was like a curse that was put on mostly spring court but it did ultimately affect everybody mm. um and but with this curse they're not allowed to tell her like they literally are incapable of telling her about the curse yeah. um and so i don't even know like there's so much other stuff that happens that i'm just like what is like what can i tell and what can't i tell oh my gosh um tamlin totally falls first and because of that, he's like, and he's like realizing that like this blight is getting like worse and worse. He sends Farah back. He's like, I gotta send you back home. Like, you're not safe here. You're not safe in my world. I love you. I need you to go back. Um, and she's definitely like also like feeling it, but like she's afraid to say it. Um, mm-hmm. so she goes back and she like gets dropped off at like this nice ass place. Like, this is not her crappy little cottage. Turns out Tamlin totally had taken care of her family. Like huh. they discovered that, like, oh, her father, like after she, like the day after she was gone, they were like, oh, we fit your father's riches were all found. How? What are the odds? This is great. Wild. Yeah. Like, I can't remember what it's called, but basically they like just changed their memories. Um, and so like they thought that like Pharaoh was off taking care of her, like this like unknown aunt or whatever, and like was doing like that. Mm-hmm. Um. And, but then he also had like said he was like no he's like but within it like i also made them think that like if something happens like if this blight basically crosses the wall and they see anything amiss they're supposed to flee for the continents mm-hmm. um so he's like yeah so he's like i was taking care of them um but while fair is there she like ends up talking with nesta and her sisters um and her dad and she's like i made a mistake like i definitely should not have left like something is going wrong and i totes love him and I should be there to help in my little mortal body. Mm-hmm. Um, so she 
goes back but it takes her like three days to figure out like to find a hole in the wall because she's been like asleep each time she's crossed you know um so she finally goes back and has to like and goes back to spring court to the house and they're all gone like doors are smashed in glass is broken everywhere everyone's Uh gone so now she has to go off figure out where they are try and find a way to save the day see if she can break the curse and that's really all that i can tell you at that point um it well it's a series so like yeah i'm assuming that kind of kicks off like the rest yeah, of the yeah, series that yeah yeah because like the whole like a good half of it is kind of like you you're like there with like her and you're figuring out like her and her human world and what's kind of what's going on with that um and then it's like a slow build because like i said tamla doesn't really tell her a whole heck of a lot some he can't and some he just i think he just doesn't want to overwhelm right because like he like i said he falls first but he's like well i don't want to like scare her she hates me because she thinks that i'm like this beast who came and like freaking kidnapped her which he did but like you know you can still fall for him it's fine um either way yeah yeah. so five out of five i absolutely loved this book it like it's one of those ones and i've seen like other reviews where it's like this one is amazing you don't think it can get better and then it does Like, like throughout the series it gets better like the whole series every single one i've loved all of them the only one that was like kind of meh was like a novella which was just like random stories that like it sounded like she had like novellas are always kind of hit and miss when they're part of like a longer standing yeah like it didn't it didn't add a lot but it was fine um but honestly yeah like the entire thing also good like this book is amazing like the way that it's like like you understand like yeah like tamlin easily could have just spoken up and like explained all this to her right away and probably saved some problems but you also get why he didn't like especially because like you know he's like kind of starting to fall for her and like she's terrified of him she can't read she's untrusting really um right and like but then she starts to trust lucian and lucian's like hey like he's actually a good guy like give him a chance so like mm. that helps and so like she starts to like open up and like this is like the first person who's ever like cared about her you know what i mean like yeah she was never really close with her mom uh she was close with her dad but then like when he stopped having his riches he kind of like fell in on himself and she had to become like the savior She's of the like, family yeah and it's like oh finally somebody here who like wants to take care of me it's for me yeah and like for the first time ever she's having like she's full like she's she knows when her next meal is coming like she's getting stronger and healthier and like everything is looking up for farah um my biggest complaint with the entire series is the names mainly one there's one but it should be rice and rice and the author says it's free sand just wrong i hate it it drives me crazy but that's fine mm-hmm. whatever either way five Can't out of five five out of five absolutely freaking loved this one love the whole series it's really hard i hope i did a good job of not giving away things that are to come i don't know if i did or not but I don't I know, think- but I'm definitely more intrigued now to read it because, like, I've heard about it from other friends who will read, and they, I don't know, nobody led with the fairy stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, same. I was like, I don't really quite know. I had no I idea. Know if on the back it even like says fairies. Nope. It says it talks about. Oh no, it does. Immortal fairies. Okay, but like, I don't know. Yeah, but yeah. So there's fairies in it. It's so good. Like it's so well done. The world is built well, and it's like, especially this one is like a good intro 
I feel. I mean, I haven't read the other ones, but from like what I've heard, that like this one kind of like builds a world in a way that you can track, right? Because like sometimes fantasy gets like you're like I don't know, we're on page a hundred, and I still have no idea what's happening. Not the yeah. case with this one. Very like a very approachable fantasy read. Highly recommend. You should definitely check it out. Hmm. Definitely think I might. Yeah, they also have dramatization versions of it on Audible. If like that's what anybody's into i haven't listened to those ones i don't know if they're any good or not but it's there if you want like a movie instead love that wow what great picks to end february with yeah we've never done romanticy before it was a fun one yeah um come back march we have birthday what does that mean books um and then we take a hiatus we are indeed yes we'll talk more about that yeah you know, there's a little foreshadowing for you right there. We're going to leave you on a cliffhanger, <laughs> if you will. And yeah, we'll talk to everyone later. Bye, everyone. Bye.